Hello, All Beard Inside listeners. Here's our occasional second weekly episode of one of our previous YouTube interviews in audio-only format here for your ear holes. This is the audio from episode 98 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on October 8th, 2021. You could subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most of the listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today we are in Whitby, Ontario. Joining me is Aaron, uh, owner and brewer, and Mark, seller and brewer of Little Beast Brewing in uh, Whitby. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you very much for taking time on your schedule to speak with us today about uh, your brewery, your beers, and everything that uh, has led you to being the owner and brewer of uh, Little Beast. So, really appreciate this. Yeah, no problem. It's fun to do stuff like yeah. this. You brought us some great beers to try. What's uh, number one I'm going to be drinking? Number one we are drinking. is Hilde So Hilde is a smoked lager. I love smoke. We don't get enough of it around here, in my opinion. So I'm working to try to bring more to Durham region. So it's a Roche beer. It's a little bit more dialed back than some, like I'm going to butcher saying it, but like Ochschrankula is one yeah. of my favorites. It would be more intense than this. This leans more to the Pilsner side mm -hmm. with a healthy balance of smoke. So a touch of sweetness and then that kind of phenolic smoky kick. Nice. As we do on the show, a toast. <laughs> <laughs> we have to over-exaggerate things. So. Hey, that works. Mm. It's rare I start the day with a smoky beer, so this is like a big change for me. So. It's like yeah. bacon. <laughs> it's a very polarizing beer, but I've kind of tried to work it so that it's a softer introduction to the style for most, so that they're more likely to kind of enjoy it and maybe become more adventurous in what they consume. Yeah, it's not like that crazy, overpowering, some of the Rauch beers I have are just like a punch in the face of smoke. It's ridiculous sometimes, but uh, as a show, we shared like a bacon beer once. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like it's bacon and beer. So this is, you know, that, that journey to the bacon beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, Awesome. Uh, so, Aaron, what led you to being the owner and uh, head brewer of Little Beast Brewing? <laughs> Aside from insanity, um, <laughs> the, it's a second career for me. So uh, my first career, I, I, it wasn't something I saw myself doing permanently after some changes. Originally, I thought I was going to get into baking. And then I started home brewing and just fell in love because brewing is like baking but with science and mm -hmm. my first degree is microbiology and chemistry so being able to bring that into food and creation was amazing and it's this perfect combination of like art and science so, so i fell in love home brewed like crazy considered going professional started brewing professionally for a couple places and i was fortunate enough to win a full scholarship to siebel so i got my technical kind of background there and once I got into this industry, I realized real fast it was not a super forgiving industry. It's not an industry to, you know, and I figured just go all in or go home. If I'm going to be overworked mm -hmm. and exhausted and broke, I'm going to do it for myself. So here we are yeah. four years later. <laughs> I mean, from the sound of it, you love what you're doing and, you know, if you love what you're doing, you're not working a day in your life, even though you still need to pay the bills and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I love what I do. And there's a lot that comes with this that can be hard, especially now. But every time I get to sit and make a beer, consume the beer, it, yeah, it brings me right back to why I'm here. So I do love what I do. That's awesome. 
And uh, Mark, what brought you on board to Little Beasts? I hung out in the tap room so much that they eventually just had to hire me. So let that be a lesson to you guys. Just, just keep drinking. Mark's great. I knew Mark through the homebrew club, and he did. He would drink here regularly, and you know we became friends. And I really respected his knowledge and his abilities with beer. So I want to keep over here small. I want to keep brewing. Really tight crew. So I mentioned to Mark I was putting up a. Um, help wanted and he just kind of said and I said okay and I just never put it up and I just kind of signed on with us right time right place sometimes right. I get lucky perfect uh, simple enough you know I'm a regular and now I work here I can't count the amount of times I've been to bars in my early 20s when it was like oh the girl who's here all the time with us and then all of a sudden she's a shots girl or she's behind the bar and you're like hold on a second wait a minute you drink here all the time so I guess you're drinking for free now and they're like I don't have time to drink it's like, oh okay that is also true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Mark's not brewing much these days. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, the kind of free beer is a fringe benefit of being employed here, but at the same time, you just drink, working so much that you're like, I'll bring a few home instead. So <laughs> it's not like you can get drunk and then brew a beer or anything. That'd just be ridiculous. So. Yeah. When you're around it all day, the temptation is a lot less too, I find, mm -hmm. which is, I always thought would be counterproductive, but uh, yeah, I always find it's the exact opposite. Uh, so, Aaron, you are the primary owner and head brewer. Uh, yes. You're obviously a female, which is very rare in this industry. Uh, what made you, like, take that kind of journey to, like, I'm going to be a female owner, that's it. And even though it's the boys' club, everybody looks like me, but doesn't have my attitude. They have a very negative attitude, unfortunately, towards that. Whereas people like myself, we want more diversity. We want more women in beer. We want more people of color in beer. So mm -hmm. uh, what made you decide, like, you know, it's a boys' club, time to break through. Well, yeah, I used to have a business partner and a co-brewer. It just wasn't the industry for him, so he backed out about close to a year ago now. Um, yeah, and I'd never thought about what it would be like to do this all on my own. It just never even occurred to me, and I do love it. I, having complete creative freedom has been, has been absolutely brilliant. When I came into this industry, yeah, it didn't take me long to realize there was not very many women. I think at the time there was like, I knew of three other women brewing in like the GTA Ontario area when I became professional. Most of my hobbies in my life, I've always, it sounds so cliched and I hate seeing it, I've kind of always been one of the guys. My mm -hmm. other hobby outside of beer, pardon the wasps, they okay. really like it here. Um, <laughs> my one hobby outside of here, again, I'm like the only girl in a, in a sea of men. So I'm pretty comfy in that atmosphere and you know, most of the guys that I'm around are awesome. But there's, there's definitely some toxicity, and I'm very vocal about it. Anybody who knows me and anybody who follows the brewery knows exactly how vocal I am. Uh, I do work very hard yes. to talk about my experiences. At first, I was very quiet, but then I realized, as an owner, I'm one of the only people who has complete freedom in what they say. Because mm -hmm. I noticed when I was just employed in breweries, when I became vocal, I became less employable. So I'm speaking louder for the people that can't. They don't bother me. I'm so used to them. Yeah. Uh, I speak louder for the people that can't. And I'm also pushing for more inclusivity across the board. We need more people of color. We need more LGBTQ. We need more representation. Yeah. And if you're not opening those doors and laying the groundwork for them to come in, there's no path. So yeah, if you're not helping fix the problem, you're part of the problem. And I'm determined to help see that go away. Yeah, and that, that's why we're here. We, we, uh, you know, during the early pandemic, we were online a lot. We spoke with Ren Beer Diversity. Mm -hmm. We spoke with uh, uh, just uh, Addy, just the beer banter, a bunch of women of beer. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's good to see you all kind of doing things. And uh, she's called La Petite Bière. She's back in Quebec, but she actually got her Cicerone. She's like, this is to prove the boys wrong, yeah. that I can do this, that I have a flavor profile. And 
I'm, I, I constantly say I have a consumer palate. I know what I like, and I'm just like, I, these, these seven hops, I'm like, no, it's just tasty beer. Mm, so. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Ren's a really, really good friend of mine. We work together a lot. I have a lot of respect for her. I just started talking to Addie. She is lovely. Uh, Le Petit Bier, is that? Le Petit Bier, yeah. Her uh, name's Emily. Yeah, I've never met her, but I've seen her stuff online. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the more women I see out there and the more I can lift up, the better. Yeah. And it, like I said, it is still a toxic boys culture, unfortunately, out there, which as, as us, as you know, the guy who's the prototypical beer guy trying to be like, no, guys, stop it. That's enough. Like, grow up. <laughs> so. Yeah, we need side voices. <laughs> yeah. so. Be adults. Like, <laughs> it's not that hard. So. And I do enjoy uh, yourself and a bunch of other breweries in the Ontario region, how you, you have the signs in front of like, no transphobia, no sexism, no this, no that. You know, if you're more or less going to be a dick, we don't need you to do business. Mm. So that's uh, something I, I like to hear is this is all for love. Why, you know, this is diversity when you think about it. So bring in diversity. Mm -hmm. The only barrier we have here is the washroom door. You got to push it because it doesn't open. Other than that, you're pretty good. Yeah. Well, you got the handicap yeah, button just, too. So. Spend a lot of time here. You can, we all just push a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so creating the Little Beast brands, moving into here, what kind of some like roadblocks and difficulties you ran into mm. from beginning the brand to where you are now? Yeah, I, well, yeah, building, building the brewery was an experience. You feel like every time you get over a roadblock, you're like, okay, here we go. And then something else just kind of jumps in. Uh, some of the biggest ones we had here were our, I've told the story a bunch of times, our, our gas installation. So we are run off a boiler and we are steam but we only had about 78 BTUs worth of supply when we came in and we needed a million. Yeah. That can be a problem. Um, so yeah, I had to repipe from origin way back there all the way to here. So yeah, you've watched like, a, you know, it's supposed to be a $7,000 job turn into 40,000 and you're like, oh, where is this? And I was really determined to keep this place personally owned. So, you know, those bank loans, all that stuff that's sitting on our back here, but it means it's ours. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I, we didn't have a lot of the government issues some people have. We didn't really struggle with any of that. It was more just the financial struggles. And then in this area, starting off with a style of beer that's not well known. So it, it's been a bit of a push to get this area to embrace the beer that we make. But yeah, actually the last few months I'm watching a real, it's been incredible. So yeah, it's feeling good now. Yeah. It's just had to work hard for it. And I mean, with things slowly reopening, obviously they immediately, I'm assuming the building owner immediately let you put a patio out front. Yeah, uh, the, our landlord has been amazing yeah. through this. They've been really helpful and really great. I feel pretty fortunate right now to have them working with us to help us survive this. I have found most governments, at least in Quebec and Ontario, are more than willing to work with like, yes, we want you guys to stay alive because we want your tax money, but also we want businesses to stay alive. So. Well, my opinions on how the government has helped are not quite as positive. I don't know if you want me to go down that path. It's, uh, yeah, there's been some help, but the small business support has been very lackluster. Okay. There's been a lot of money funneled into large businesses and stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of, when you look at how a brewery makes money, most of our profits in the tap room, right? Packaged beer is great, but packaging that beer costs money. So the profit on packaged beer is very poor. But when all of the support is just on top revenue, when you submit that to the government, they're like, you haven't dropped sales. But they're not considering that just because you haven't dropped sales doesn't mean you're making the same amount of money. So yeah, there, is, there is some biased problems in Ontario towards support that hopefully some lessons were learned and we'll see that get better. Well, things are probably gonna change in the next 
or well, after this is out, for all we know, we might have a completely new government running the country. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Uh, now, I noticed you also do bottles and cans. It's kind of rare for places to do both now. What made you decide we're doing both? Well, uh, originally we were just bottles. Uh, that was just, I like, um, I have control issues when it comes to my product, so I wanted to package in-house. So we got a bottler. Uh, the bottler is a, <laughs> I watch my language here. Yeah, our bottler is not much fun. No. <laughs> no. We call her Deborah. She's not our friend. Um, yeah, it became uh, hard. Be Karen, then. <laughs> she, well, yeah, she's Karen. Yeah, she's pretty Karen. Before the Karens, it was Deborah. What a time to be alive. Uh, yeah. So, but people don't want bottles these days. So we've gone to cans a bit for convenience to get a package quickly and to get it out the door and keep it more sellable but we will be keeping our mixed ferments, our live sours, and our barrel-aged Belgians in bottle, just because, yeah, there's something about that that feels right. Mm -hmm. So, classy. yeah. yeah classy. Traditional. Classy. Yes, we are very uh, classy. <laughs> everything in my cellar at home is all bottles. There's no cans sitting in my mm -hmm. cellar, so. Well, there's one now. It's uh, Flying Monkey's new chocolate manifesto they put in cans instead, and I'm like, I'm sure it'll hold, so. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, yeah, well, and that's the thing. And I mean, it doesn't hurt with the cans, and even though the tops aren't perfect, a little bit of you know, that minuscule oxygen ingress yeah. for a, a beer that wants to age, sometimes it's a good thing, so. Plus, I'm sure people come in, like, oh, off to the beach, I'll just grab cans, because, mm -hmm. you know, stepping on that versus stepping on that on the yeah. beach, not, not a yeah. great option. What's so. the weight? Like, if you're going backpacking, obviously, yeah. you don't want to take a whole bunch of it's, bottles. Yeah. Uh, the uh, actually, let's do the next beer. So what's the next okay. beer? Okay. So the next beer is uh, chicken. So okay. Yes. We have little themes for each of our beers, and um, somehow we landed on farm animals for our farmhouse series. <laughs> uh, actually, the next one's not a farm animal. So animals, creatures. So chicken is a mixed ferment. It's our first mixed ferment here. It is a grisette. There will be a lot of grisettes coming out. Mm -hmm. So it's a mix of Britannomyces D and um, Spooky Saison from Escarpment Labs. All of our yeasts are Escarpment. So I, I'm very biased towards Saison yeasts. It's light, easy, get a bit of the funk, but it's supposed to be hyper drinkable and well balanced is the idea. Nice. Oh, so <laughs> Nice. So low alcohol, balanced, wow. drinkable beers is where my passion really lies. Um, and a lot of people think it's simple and it's, it's too easy, but I find the challenge of something small, but still packing it full of flavor and keeping it, it's, it's a challenge I've loved. So, yeah. Uh, what's the percentage on this? This one's four and a half. Okay. There yeah. will be some that are a little lower, yeah. but yeah, playing with, you know, how light I can make that grist while still keeping oh. it nice and full. Super clean, like barely any of that kind of like strong belgian saison that you get so it's that is really well balanced yeah, i love this strain the spooky strain is really nice for it keeps that flavor profile balanced and not too intense and lets the other ingredient shine too yeah oh, it's a fantastic beer thank so, you uh, uh, you know like i said i wasn't expecting a smoked beer to start my morning because we are recording in the morning but uh it, this is my preferred one over that one so far but obviously i've had a bunch of your other beers when i was here i brought some home so uh your lines have been pretty solid. I'm personally a big fan of your collab, which we'll speak about later, but okay. that's uh, that's me. That's obviously, I'm sure you get somebody who's like, give me just stouts, give me just IPAs. So yeah, we get, yeah, we do. And that's, we do a couple IPAs and a couple hoppy beers. I put out a hazy beer last week. They're fun to make and stuff. They're not what I specialize in, but you definitely want to keep, you know, the masses happy. Mm -hmm. So 
And it's always a challenge to try to make something out of your comfort zone and try to do it well, so. Yeah. Uh, the name Little Beast, what, how'd you guys come up with that? It's a nerd homage. I, lo <laughs> I love my nerd stuff. Okay. Um, I am a nerd, a chemistry in my arm here. <laughs> so it's the, it's the yeast that makes the beer. So it's the Little Beasts. And then once we had the name, I handed it over to uh, my husband, Keir Broadfoot, who does all of our art and all of our branding, and said, it makes something. Like, mm. And he went nuts with the rest, and that's how this all evolved. I mean, your names and labels are very unique. You know, mm -hmm. Hey Jupiter, Mountain Devil, Nihilist. Uh, so you got some French, like Saison d'été, yeah. uh, Chines? No, La Petite Chines. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and such. And, and I love the, like, kind of the demon theme you use in the background with like Run Santa Run, where there's a little demon trying to chase Santa. It's a. Uh, so you said your husband creates mostly that stuff? Yeah, he does. So he's a super talented artist, mm -hmm. uh, very humble about his work. His degree's in fine arts. When we started dating, he called it his degree in cat food. Because <laughs> trying to make money off of an arts degree. And I just still kept dating him. I'm like, this is going to be great. Um, yeah, so he's come at our labeling and our branding with a very different approach because he's not a graphic designer. Every label is a piece of art. It's a painting. I mean, his acrylics and oils hang on our walls. And he's done an incredible job. His influences are very like Mike Mignola, very illustrative, Tim Burton kind of. Yeah. Our wedding was Tim Burton, like all those <laughs> dark themes. So you see that come through in some labels, but he's tried to keep it a little lighter in others yeah. too. So No, they, yeah. they look fun but dark at the same time. So mm -hmm. it's it's very it's very fun. And you I you know, uh, it'll be in the, the actual role, but we can actually you sell these, which is great too. So. Yes. Yeah, his acrylic cell uh, out of here, the ones on the wall. They're obviously a little pricier as original mm -hmm. works of art, but we also have like the posters and prints yeah. of our labels for $5 a piece so people can take them home and frame them and put them up. So the art's become iconic for us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've been, but Beyond the Pale in Ottawa, they, mm -hmm. they're all about local artists too. So it's, yes. it's great seeing these. Uh, one of our local kind of places we drink before we go to a concert, it's called Fufun Electric. Uh, and they have just art all over the wall that you could buy. And then it's like, well, I'm not gonna buy art and then go see, you know, <laughs> Three Days Grace, a Canadian band. I'm maybe going to buy it after after I've had a few too many during the concerts. So. Yeah. No, it's good to see more and more breweries hopping onto that and giving artists credit because yes. too often in society, I feel like we undervalue art and we undervalue those things that we, we consume so much of it, but then we don't pay for it and we yeah. don't appreciate it. So it's nice to see people paying back to the artists that are working for them. Well, I mean, we're... We are slowly coming out of this pandemic, and they say like after every pandemic, just the world art explodes. So I'm really looking forward to everything from music to actual art to movies and TV. All the stuff that's going to be coming out in the next year or two is just going to keep uh, the creatives just super busy. So cool! Well, I look yeah. forward to that then. Uh, so you you started as a homebrew. What was the first homebrew beer you ever brewed? Good, bad, doesn't matter. The first I followed a couple kits. So the first one was an all Amarillo. Um, all Amarillo IPA, R.I.P. Amarillo. It used to be mm -hmm. such a great hop. It just doesn't do what it used to, I haven't found. Um, but the first beer I made and fell in love with was three or four batches in when I really went to brew something, and that was a Saison. Um, and two after that was my Cherry Belgian Stout, which is a beer that has followed me through to this day, and won me my first homebrew award, and actually won me my first major professional award too, which is kind of cool. Canadian Brewing Award? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. I, I, I tend to follow those more than the, the World Beer Awards, because obviously, as Canadians. Yes. Uh, but uh, f former friends of ours, they, they sent their beers to London, and they got like awards there too. So they're like, you know, it feels good when we can be internationally recognized, even though we can't sell the beer there. I'm like, that. 
Well, yeah. that does suck. It's pretty awesome to get those awards, I'm sure. Yeah, I've never done a World Beer Award. I'm considering entering one. We've gotten a few Canadian Brewing Awards, and there's another, you know, they're coming up again in a couple weeks, so fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people kind of, you know, like, play down the award shows and stuff. I'm not going to lie. I, I love getting you. The playing yeah. feels good, so <laughs> I'm going to do it's, it. And see what it it's like I have a every two or three week online meeting with my manager. She's like, yeah, you're still doing a great job. I'm like, thank you. It's small adulation, but it's still adulation, so uh, might got, as well keep it going. We've got <laughs> untapped to humble yeah. us. We're good. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's my real job that has to pay for my unpaid fun job. So yes. <laughs> it's, it's always fun to do this. Awesome. And what was the first beer brew that came out of Little Beasts? The very first one we did was the Constant, um, which we called a golden ale, which was a big mistake in Durham region because people saw golden ale and assumed it was Belgian. Um, I felt like I had to do a lot of damage control on that one. We started with our two easy beers though, the Constant and the Duchess. So light beers to get out there. Our first few months were a huge struggle. There were some major problems with our brew house when it was built. Uh, we couldn't make the beer the way we wanted to and it took us a little bit to figure out what those problems were So and it's hard because we threw out our first seven batches oh. But then you get to a point where like you have to sell something or you're gonna go bankrupt mm -hmm. So I wasn't thrilled with the first few beers. I, they were they're good. They just weren't They weren't up to my standard. So yeah, it was a, it was a tough start but finally we figured out what was going on over here and we could fix it all up and get it going and Burkert came and fixed it all up for us which was amazing that we started rolling out with what we wanted to and yeah the saisons were pretty much our big first start and Salem's lot and constant. Awesome. Mark you do any home brewing or is it just? I uh, used to. Uh, okay. Now I'm here all the time. I don't really yeah. feel like I need to. I used to homebrew a lot. Uh, I used to work at a homebrew shop too. Oh cool. I used to teach some classes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lo Not, local to the Durham region, or yeah, yeah, okay. uh, just on uh, in like Ajax Pickering, okay. um, right by the Go Station, uh, cool. Homebrew Beer Academy. If you're local, go see Dean. He's awesome. He's great. <laughs> Mark's very humble. He was probably had a reputation as one of the best homebrewers in Durham region, especially for mixed ferments and different beers. And he has brewed professionally. And you know, we're trying to make some time now. And with us hiring some recent staff, we're hopefully going. He's going to start piloting a small batch kind of mm. casks and one-offs through here, so that he can brew too, because it's also his passion. So, what I like hearing about uh, the Ontario region is more and more of your teams are, are paying what are called livable wages to your employees, which mm -hmm. is always nice to hear. Is that I need to pay you to keep working here, or else you're going to have to get a second job, and you're probably going to burn out. Like. That, no, we don't need that. So, mm -hmm. and yeah, we ever we are a living wage certified brewery. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much for that because we still need to get our wages higher here. I would like to see us paying significant wages. I think if you expect people to work hard and put out good product, uh, they they need to make money and feel yeah. good about it. We also just signed on for full health benefits. So I'm hoping that will become a trend through this industry too. Yeah. And especially in an industry that, you know, it, it breaks some people. It's brutal work, it's really hard, and people need support. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, our last week's interview there, just we walked to this place and we're like, oh, thank God for air conditioning, but we could still feel the heat of the brew house coming over mm. the small little glass thing into the region. We're just like, oh, God. Yeah, we've shut so. down brewing for two weeks. We're taking a little break because it's become so bad in here and yes. it's starting to wear us down and well, it's yeah. wearing machines down too like yeah. even the machine like if the machines can't take it then you're like ah well what do i do now 
I yeah. mean, plus it's metal too, so you know, summer expands, winter it shortens, it shrinks. So you gotta really yeah. play with. Let's not break our equipment. So. Yeah. yeah, at the top of that brew house on a brew day with the boiler going and oh. water boiling and malt boiling overalls. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <Yeah>. Crazy. <laughs> it was gross. I'm assuming uh, you know hair nets, face masks, oh. and all that stuff. So. Yeah, it's well, and that's where yeah, it's hard. We keep space in the brew house when we're over there. We're very firm with lines mm -hmm. so that Mark and I can work around things yeah. without masks. We've been super cautious and think so the two of us can be back there. Because, yeah. yeah, you can't even, when I was brewing, I did a collab brew with Ren on Sunday. So there's people here, so I was brewing in overalls and a mask and full like the whole time. And by the end of the day, a little loopy. Yeah. <laughs> a little loopy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it must be wrong. Uh, so now you mentioned you've collabed with Ren. You obviously yeah. collab with People's Pint, former interview of ours, mm -hmm. yeah, which is great. Uh, we got to meet Mavis, which is cool. <laughs> Sweet. Um, what are some other collabs that people aren't aware of that you've done? We've done a few. Yeah, the one with People's Pint was amazing. Doug was instrumental in my career, and all the people at People's Pint, Chris, Ange, Peter, Doug, just the best people, and Mavis. Uh, what else have we done in the past? We've done a few with Ren. So we do a lot of work in diversity, so mm -hmm. pairing up with her has been great, and she's been a great friend to the brewery, which I am so appreciative of. She's taught me a lot. Really good friends. Uh, that's with Robin LeBlanc and Ren oh. Navarro. I was... So another former interview. Yeah, yeah, it's, you're the woman in this industry, we stick together, yeah, you yeah. have each other's backs. Um, That's great. But I was the, one of the regional managers for PFLAG Durham Region. Uh, I'm looking for a new charity endeavor now personally, but we've done this beer a few times and every time we've done it we donate money. First it was PFLAG, then Rainbow Railroad. Uh, I work with Fearless Fred a bit, I don't know if you know the name because you're from Quebec. He's a radio personality and just a stellar human being who greatly supports small business and he was amazing for our brand when we first started. We've done a whole bunch of collabs and now I feel like it's all kind of leaving my brain. But we, the only brewery we've collabed with is People's Pints. Mm -hmm. So, because it's always been charity collabs yeah. and people collabs. And it's also with the radio station, it's always the Edge 102. Yes, so. and that was thanks to Fred too. Yeah. So, yeah, that was great. And I'm pretty sure that's the radio station we're on while we're in the area right now. So it's, it's pretty helpful sense. to... As like kind of a alternative slash metal guy, like I'll listen to everything. I like my beer, like I like my music, diverse. But usually when I'm in the car, you know, Stone Temple Pilots comes on. <laughs> so. I like my alternative, my metal. I love yeah. my metal. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, any future collabs? Any kind of whether it be either small or dream collabs, like kind of almost worldwide or America or whatever. Ah, uh, collabs coming up. We're collabing with Craft Beer Days shortly. Yeah. We're doing a charity collab with them. They're with uh, I Instagram and yeah. kind of event. They're great. Mike and Sarah. Sarah, yeah. I love Sarah. Sarah's like, she's got my heart. Yeah. She's, we can talk for hours. That's uh, Mike's wife. Mike's awesome too. Yeah, we, we've interviewed Mike. Okay, so, so yeah. he's great and yeah. I absolutely love his wife. Um, what else are we doing? We're doing a few things. I've been talking to Fred. We've got, oh, the one I did last week. So we're doing uh, an event on the 10th uh, called Barrel and Flow. It used to be called Fresh Fest. Okay. So it's a beer festival that celebrates black arts and culture. You either have to be a black-owned or black-fronted brewery, or you're, if you're a white-owned or otherwise-owned brewery, you're working with a mm -hmm. person of color. So we're working with Ren, and the idea is just to, yeah, promote, promote more diverse you know, arts and culture and beer and yeah. say it's here and please pay attention. So we did a beer called Silent Majority for that, and I'm looking forward to releasing that on the 10th. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be lots coming up. We're talking and, yeah, I, I, 
Bebo is one of my, he's become <laughs> yep. one of my closest friends in the industry lately. He's just a stellar human. We're doing some taste trials this Saturday for a collab. Yeah. Uh, it's beer number three I'm doing here. So beer number three is La Petite Duchesse. Mm -hmm. Mark's wearing it. <laughs> As usual. It's good. It's, it's, it's good always. <laughs> Le Petit Duchesse. Uh, she's my baby. So she was kind of the beer that I wanted to found this brewery on. She's a straightforward Belgian table beer, a table saison, done with escarpment yeast again. So the only thing that's not super traditional is it's finished with Hallertauer Blanc. So it's got okay. a little bit of a, a citrusy, lemony note on the end. But again, easy drinking, very balanced. She's won us a few awards. So to win a Saison Award when you know Montreal's in the running made me feel pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, this is my girl. Awesome. Oh. A toast. There you go. Yeah, another like, super clean Saison. I like clean. I like mm. clean and balanced are my two mm. favorite words in beer. I love oh. the finish on this one. Yeah, deceivingly crushable. Like I could probably sit on the patio and have a couple of these. Yeah, she's my baby. Not drive. <laughs> so. Yeah, she... um. It's funny because around here we sell a lot of constant, a lot of Americans, but when we look at where we distribute to with the craft beer bars and the more nerd crowds, I sell more Duchess than anything. So, which makes me really happy because if I could only brew one beer for the rest of my life, this would be it. Do you personally find that people like yourselves and other breweries in the area, let's say, well, Falcons more or less, they're, they're a small thing, but uh, yourselves, Chronicle, and, and other friends in the Durham region, you're actually starting to take over lines from the big boys at beer bars or? Whew, I don't know, to be honest. I, I don't fight for sales. Mm -hmm. I don't even do sales. Uh, and my opinion on, on taps and things have changed. I know Town's got a lot of taps with their IPAs now. They've kind of been killing it in the hazy market. I know they've been getting a lot of love for that. Uh, yeah, I, our beers are available where our beers are asked for. So that's, yeah, so we're getting, we get small lines. I will, I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave like my own, my own, some of my own stuff out of this, but a lot of the larger chains and stuff, I just won't work with anymore. Okay. Um, I like working with small businesses. They, they want good beer. A lot of them are really good people. And ironically, they pay their bills and I will, you know, people who are willing to help me, I am willing to help them. And not, it does not, yeah, it just, it's good. Yeah, that's been one thing about like the pandemic. It's like normally a restaurant where I wouldn't Uber Eats very often. I might go see them once a month. Now it's like every pay check every two weeks. I'm like, oh, and I know Uber Eats takes their chunk, but I can order from these and keep these guys going. I can order from these guys and keep mm -hmm. them going. So that's, you know, that's, we're always about support local, keep small business going. You know, even us, we're small, uh, small fish in a big pond right now in a very niche market when it comes mm -hmm. to it. So it's, uh, if we send out the love, we're hoping to get the love back, so. Yeah, 100%, and I like, if I work with a small amount of licensees, when we're good people, I can work hard to support them, and I can take care of them, and that's kind of, I, I've been able to really relook at our business plan and how we approach everything through the pandemic. I think that's the silver lining to all this, so it's given me a better perspective of how I want this business to run. You also did delivery during the pandemic, I'm assuming? Like the oh, rest yeah. Of... That's a good time, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. If anybody, the next person to tell me to pivot is good. <laughs> did it, uh, I'm assuming, it, well, it obviously kept you it afloat works. since you're still going. 100% it worked. Yeah. And I got to say, the community support at the beginning was amazing. And because so many people worked so hard to support small business, 
one thing I'm really not good at is marketing. I'm not good at getting our name out there. And I recognize that. Like, it's just, it's a big hole of mine. And it really helped get our name out there. And we've been seeing just a huge uptick since the pandemic, which has been a gorgeous thing to see. Yeah. Question I always like to ask is, uh, somebody comes on by, tries all your fantastic beers, buys some to bring home. Any friends in the area you suggest buy their bike ride, they have a designated driver or walking distance where, hey, go grab friends beers over here. So. Yeah, there's a few. I know, like, actually, it's kind of cool. So there's a biking trail right out here in front. And so you can bike right down that trail from us right to town, mm -hmm. which is super amazing. I actually used to do a run route that way. And there's a lot of stuff. I know Chronicle's been putting out a lot of stuff lately, which has just been great. There's some great places that sell some great beer. Butchies, the best food you're ever going <laughs> to eat. Oh, my God, it's so good. Andrea Nicholson, she's on Top Chef. She's got a little bit of notoriety behind her. A meat plus three place that's affordable and delicious and always has a super curated lineup of beers. Um, and there's a whole bunch. There's a, I'm trying to think. I have my blank, like it always goes blank when I start thinking of this stuff. And I mean, we're a step away from Toronto and there's so much great stuff. Had Black Lab was by on the weekend, dropped us off some wonderful beers. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of beer around here now. Ontario has changed. I like to ask this now. I have to unfortunately add this caveat. Yeah. A whole lot less pandemic. You don't have to wear a mask on a plane or whatever. We're allowed to travel anywhere in the world as Canadians again. Beercation. Oh, and you have the time. Obviously, you have the open time. A beercation you've never been on that you'd like to go on. Oh, Belgium. Belgium? Oh, yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. Go to Lambex, Saisons. The... Yeah, I'm, I'm a Belgian person through and I love Belgian beer. And there's more and more now that it's... It's just me brewing here. We'll be 75% Belgians, and that is that is my love. After that, Germany, lagers. So, where'd you go? Probably Germany, maybe England. I like uh, cask beers, best bitters. I'm kind of boring. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, I would love I'm... to go to Belgium for the sours, but I, the pH in my stomach as I get older, <laughs> I, just, I just can't do it anymore. Sorry, Belgium. Uh, so, what's beer number four we're doing here? Spear number four, oh my god. Right Why do they the love mine? <laughs> we're right by the waterfront, which is a beautiful thing, but the wasps and yeah. the, the wildlife can be a challenge. Well, they also and, you know. came out much later this year, I find. Yes. So, so this is Saison Batan. This is, I call it one of our sleepers because I feel like people are intimidated maybe because they don't understand the styles or they don't understand the names. This is an imperial saison, a slightly maltier saison that I normally make, and it's fermented on boys and berries. So dry, champagne-y, effervescent, jammy, but not sweet. Nice. I told you. ahead of us. <laughs> Thirsty. Yeah, when it's first poured, because it's been sitting here for a second, it's just this big, frothy head. And yeah, it's just, I love her. She's a little bit more complex than some. I know some people, it takes some people a second to kind of understand the way that saison yeast mm -hmm. mingles with the fruit and everything. But yeah, I, I, she's one of my favorites. Yeah, I do. Uh, it's literally, I feel like the berries are dancing on my palate. It's, it's pretty fantastic. It dries out so much, and that's what I love about this yeast. I love a dry beer, a dry wine, a dry cider, and yeah, it's, I know right now everything is about big fluffy mouthfeels, and I'm like, how dry can I pull this beer? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if, if you play with the industry too, you're just like, I don't want to, but pastry stouts are so popular, so let's try one, and oh, this is, let's try one. So. You know what's funny? We just released a beer, so do a lot of barrel-aged beers. I should have pulled that one out too, a carry-on. And in a world of pastry stouts, it's an imperial Belgian stout. It's about 
aged in bourbon barrels, fermented on cherries, and there is not a note of residual sweetness. It is light, it is easy drinking, the alcohol is completely hidden, and it's like... It's dangerous. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, a little yeah. bit of trouble. Yeah. I Do thought not cut your lawn after that. <laughs> yeah, no. no. It, was so, it was easy drinking, so I was like, oh, I must have screwed this up. It's not knife. It is definitely dangerous. Yeah, that's... Uh, so there's a hopeful future interview, the show Emporium out of Quebec City, and their double and triple IPAs taste like you're drinking juice. Oh, that's awesome. And all of a sudden, you're just like, hey, four beers. I'm drunk. <laughs> so... <laughs> And I just can't do it anymore. Like yeah. I cannot do high alcohol. Like it just it, it hurts me. It's it's when it's only on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is it's when it's high alcohol, but it doesn't taste like high alcohol. Yeah. It catches you. That's that's the scene part. You said this is Imperial, so it's what, eight, nine percent? I think it's seven and a half. Okay. So light Imperial. Yeah, the if there's one thing, I mean, anybody who knows me, yeah. <laughs> every time a beer goes to the bright, my first instinct is to dump it. <laughs> I, I um, am my own worst critic, but if I was to give myself something that I do well, I think it's hiding alcohol and making beers drinkable. So. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's always super important. You know, I do not want to go to a brewery, have a double IPA, and just taste osperm. I don't yeah. want it. It's it, my throat's on fire after one beer. Sorry, like yeah, it's it's hard for me to keep going and and keep going at that brewery. But some places, you know, when they admit to like, oh, it was an off batch. I'll give you guys another chance. So. Yeah, I, I think if you're not if you're not acknowledging the fact that everything you do is not going to be perfect, mm -hmm. and you don't have to dump the occasional batch, you're either delusional or, I, I yeah, it, things happen. Not every beer is going to be perfect. It's okay to admit mistakes, and it's and it's okay to dump when it's not good. And please don't put that bad beer in a barrel. No, <laughs> Tell yeah. me it's going to get better. Well, it's not just that. It's 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 a bad look on you at the end because mm -hmm. somebody you know i know untapped is is kind of good but the enemy at the same time when you think about it so it, <laughs> like myself i'm very fair with my ratings i'm not going to go online and be like oh a stout it was way too much coffee i'm like it's too dark coffee stout, you know <laughs> but that's that's me that's i'm a consumer i'm an in, i'm a critical thinking consumer yeah like it's quality I, control too sorry yeah. go ahead no no you go uh like quality control like mm -hmm. if you keep putting out shit I mean, stuff. No, no. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you want a certain level where yeah. people expect a certain level and you want to give it to them. Um, I think showing that you've dumped a batch is, that's quality control. Yeah. I think people appreciate it, actually. And they're like, this, these people are concerned of my taste buds and general yeah, sensibilities. Yeah. And they're not just going to put out crap. And I, I think it's respectable. I think people do respect it a little bit. It's not great to post it. It really hurts inside. But <laughs> yeah. once in a while, eh, no, nobody's perfect. Uh, yeah, having I'm... a sports uh, teammate who works for InBev, uh, he asked me, how do you think these guys just empty a beer? Like, how much does it cost them? Like, they have to. Because then it costs them clout, and clout is a very big thing in this industry. So Big. Yeah, and I keep making faces at Untapped, and I should clarify, I like constructive criticism. I'm all for hearing, this is what you did well, this is what you, is, you didn't. It's the only way you grow is by mm -hmm. being receptive, and I definitely have some amazing mentors in this industry that are not afraid to be frank with me and I fully appreciate them. I find untapped can sometimes be a bit of a cesspool. And there's some people on there oh, that you are mean great. That. Like social and media then, in general. <laughs> yeah. Right? Fair point. Yeah. And I, I just and it's funny and I, I had to put it aside because as much as I want to know what I do well and I don't, like for those of us who are, almost every beer is made with some by somebody who's passionate about mm -hmm. the product. And there's a lot of people on social media 
who forget that for someone out there, that beer is their life, it's their child. And it, it I'm not gonna lie, I'm usually a fairly resilient, not too sensitive person, but woof, every yeah. once in a while, I'm like, oh, I can't, I, what the, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. So one of our, uh, like, one good proponent about it is one of our first ever interviews, he said like he was getting a lot of negative reviews about a beer. He's like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And so he brought one back and he's like, oh, the bat should not have gone out like this. So mm -hmm. he just, he messaged, you know, the people he knows who bought it, he's like, bring it back. Something went wrong. I know it's wrong. Yep. So at least if you see there's that one beer where every single rating is like 0.5 and below, you're like, uh oh, maybe it didn't can properly, oxidization in the bottle's happening, just maybe something's happening. So. Yeah, like the benefit, you know, the negativity do away the benefits, but the benefits are still there the way I see it. So. Yeah, and we've pulled back beer. We've had beers that went out. We had a batch of Hey Jupiter, which is our cherry stout that won an award once, and the fruit we dumped in had some wild yeast that we weren't aware of on it, and it hyper fermented in bottles, and we put oh. it right up there and said, "Bring it back." <laughs> yeah, which is my worst nightmare. I don't want to paint ceilings. Oh my god, no. <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of our worries too. Is like when when we travel for beercations uh, and brewery tours and stuff. It's oh buy this beer keep it cold i'm like we have six hours to get back to montreal like mm -hmm. you can't tell me that i don't have a, a, a cooler on me I, I bring a crappy little bag that carries my beer it's yeah. the last thing i want to do is open my trunk and it's just covered in beer so yeah that's and we have to you know it's funny when i was consulting for breweries before i opened one every time somebody said they were going to run like more than two or three strains of yeast i was like oh my god don't do it don't do it and then here we are i think i'm running like five <laughs> and three or two are diastatic and one's Brett. So it's okay, it's we're okay. Yeah. So yeah, QC here is huge, which is part of why I owe Mark my life because keeping this cellar, we, those fermenters, these brights, they cannot cross-contaminate mm -hmm. because that's how you create bottle bombs. And it fills us with terror every single day. <laughs> well, even, like you said, you don't want the ceiling painters. No, you You don't really want somebody don't. sitting... Yeah. <sighs> And we're in a prime environment for it with the way we, we do things here. So we are, we are hyper careful, we plate, we watch, we are, and we admit when we've made a mistake and pull that beer back. That's very important is that you're willing to admit it in mistakes. And oh, it's, yeah. I mean, I find in craft, it happens more so than the big boys. The big boys just dump it and they rename it like Carling or Wildcat or something like that. So it's- uh, Call it dry. Yeah, yeah. Keep making it, it's yeah. old. It's, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, I always like to ask this question. You get one of those BMC, uh, Drew from Kahnawake Brewing coined it for us. So the Bud Most Coors BMC drinker, you get one of those people come in and they're like, ah, my friend told me to try craft beer. What's that kind of like gateway beer you give them to try to shift them? Is the constant out there? Yeah, Lager Yeah, the Gosh. constant. Yeah. Easy drinking, made with London foggy, foggy London yeast. You know, a little bit of flavor, a little bit of fruitiness from the Eldorado hops, but super dialed back, super approachable. Just a nice touch of sulfur too, so it, it's really lagery. Uh, it is the perfect lawnmower beer. And awesome. our Pilsner is coming back soon too. So. <laughs> yeah, those lawnmower beers are very important. I know uh, out of the U.S., Founders made an all-day IPA. It's like a two percent IPA. I'm like, I could drink this all day, no mm. problem. Founders has its own problems that we'll yeah. not talk about that, but yeah. <laughs> um, before I found that out, I'm like, man, their beers are fantastic. And now it's like, ah, oh, I can't. I, I constantly, the way I say it is I vote with my money. So it's very important that I support craft first, but when I hear certain things, you know, there's certain, there's one certain brewery out in the Waterloo region that have a certain owner that I'm not like, you're never getting my money. So. Yeah, it's important and that's, you know, as a brewery owner, I'm fairly careful to never put down another brewery or talk poorly, 
But to some extent, if you do something that like yeah. founders did, I have no problem saying I will not support them and I'm not okay with what they yeah. did. And yeah, so it was a, that actual, that whole incident was a huge learning moment in my career and why it's important to really talk about the whole, you know, BIPOC and why we have to be inclusive beyond ourselves because that happened at the exact same time as a fairly major incident concerning how women are written about in beer journalism. Mm -hmm. And there is this huge outcry and outpour of help towards, you know, the white women who were screaming and nobody seemed to care what was happening in Founders and it was a big eye-opener for me. I, I feel we're partially cursed as a show uh, so we interview girl with a side of review and then the next week I love the that. thing about the her getting attacked happened uh, we interviewed Ren and then uh, the George Floyd incident happened in the US and then we interviewed another female in beer and then the rat magnet came in I'm like we're cursed yeah. Bring it. I'm so. ready for it. We're doing brave noise. I spoke out on Rat Magnet's feed. Yeah. On my personal Instagram, I did a large detail of what I've gone through. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it sucks. But I mean, look what Taz is doing since what happened to her. She's incredible. Yes. I did her show the other day. We are chatting. And she's just such a wonderful, incredible woman. And yeah. now she's pushing. So... Yeah, yeah, we were we we're super happy when we got to interview Taz. Like, I know the show's called All Beer Inside, but we're about we're about craft. You know, yeah. we've uh, interviewed beer stores and brewery stores and uh, beer, sorry, home brewer uh, stores and stuff. So we're stuff just about beer, but it, it is at the same time. So we, because mm -hmm. we're beer drinkers, we're you know, like I said, I'm that beer drinker guy, but I do enjoy cider. I do enjoy an occasional. Uh, vineyard, local vineyard wine. I do enjoy uh, local distilled alcohol. There's a few places in Toronto like there's, I want to, I'd love to interview Gretzky Estates. I know, mm -hmm. especially if I could get the great one as a 42 year old male. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. or uh, there's a sake place, a craft sake place in Toronto too. It's like, we just want to interview and support local. And that's kind of our message in diversity as well. So. Yeah. I'm going to get Taz drinking some beer. I'm sending yeah. some out to her and yeah, it's hard when alcohol is your hobby. I love scotch. I love bourbon. Love beer, wine. It's a. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's a. As a beer drinker who likes a scotch, and then I keep hearing about like this one specific scotch. I'm like, oh, the closest LCBO from Montreal is at the butt end of Ottawa, way past where the, you know, senators play. And I'm like, it's a hundred dollar bottle, but I gotta get it. Like, it's you know consistently highly rated and same Alberta pulled out one of the best whiskeys in the world last yeah, year. Yeah, one, yeah. So oh, it's the same cool. thing. It's let's let's support a Canadian company and that's that's what we're about. Don't don't get me wrong. Once I can support Vermont, which is technically Canada, uh, I'll be back down there too. So. <laughs> I'm all about the frag. So there's, yeah. uh, there's a little Scottish support going on there. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so for the Little Beast brand, kind of what's next? I, I'm in a real state of, we, I should say I, we're in a real state of growth right now. It's, um, yeah, really moving into those Belgian beers and kind of having some fun with the mixed ferments and really pushing the taproom feel. We have and just an amazing run of people who come here, just an amazing crowd of regulars. It's going to really, really push that, that, that cozy feeling and make the beers I love. And yeah, start. I feel like we've been picking up some momentum lately, so I'm pretty excited to see where that takes us. And to get Mark doing some brewing too, so that he can keep <laughs> building this place and doesn't leave me. <laughs> so you can actually take that beer cation from me. Uh, yeah. You can't get rid of me that easy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you both taking time in your schedule to speak with yeah, us today. I have course. no other questions. Uh, let the audience know where they can find you. 
So we are in Whitby, Ontario. So right at the 401 and Thixon 2075 Forbes. We now have highway signs, we have road signs. We're a little bit more sell sellable, findable than we used to be. Uh, on we're Little Beasts Brew Co. on Instagram. I think it's and then it's Little Beast Brew Co. on Twitter. But I don't really ever use Twitter. And Little Beast Brew Co. on Facebook as well. We don't really answer our phones, so if you have a question, shoot us up on social media. I'm pretty quick on Instagram and Facebook, and it's always me you're getting. So. Awesome. So you can find all that in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe, hit that notification bell for our weekly episode every Friday at noon. Uh, as for us, it's allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>